This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you drive long haul, short haul, or heavy haul, they're here to empower and inspire women in the trades on TNCRadio.live. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome to Women Road Warriors with Shelly Johnson and Kathy Takaro. We're a show that works to inspire and empower women in trucking, in the trades, and every profession. We tackle all kinds of topics and work to encourage women to be their very best with informative guests and women who've been champions. I'm Shelly. And I'm Kathy. No topic is taboo on our rig. We tackle the tough topics along with the not-so-tough topics. And we like to feature experts, champions, and celebrities who can assist women in being the best they can be. Human trafficking is a scourge on humanity. It's modern-day slavery that victimizes many women and girls by forcing them into things like prostitution. Escaping this dark world is difficult for those who are enslaved in it. Picking up the pieces and beginning a new life is often impossible. Jojan Dollface Harris is a human trafficking and domestic violence survivor who offers a safe haven and inspiration to women who've been trafficked. Jojan is a professional truck driver, trucking influencer, motivational speaker, advocate, and mentor. She helps survivors reclaim their lives and gain financial freedom in the trucking industry. Before graduating with a bachelor's degree at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas in 2017, Jojan was trafficked and forced to sell herself on the streets of Las Vegas. The trucking industry gave her the ability to flee her trafficker and achieve safety and financial freedom. Jojan works tirelessly to help human trafficking survivors. Her motto is promoting generational wealth and financial freedom despite adversity. She aspires to become an attorney and advocate for survivors of trafficking and domestic violence to continue her quest to empower people whose lives have been shattered. Jojan is nothing short of amazing. We have her on the show today. Welcome, Jojan. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. My goodness. Welcome, 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 welcome. You're getting the biggest hug if ever we meet. I don't know if you've ever been tackled by a hug, but you're getting one. <laughs> there you go. Yes. I'll hug you back. I love hugs. Oh, Jojan, I want to thank you for what you're doing. You are providing so much hope and light to so many who can only see endless darkness. Yes. Oh my I tried to, you know, I've been there. I've been in that darkness and I came to the light. I found the light. I ran to the light, all the light. Right. So I want to pay it forward and help others. That's so wonderful. Before we talk about what you're actually doing, I wanted to see if you could share some statistics on the extent of human trafficking, as well as maybe give us a background on what happened to you. So our listeners can really hear exactly how dark, perverse and widespread human trafficking truly is. Well, um, as far as statistics, I can find that for you. I'm, I've been looking for some solid statistics, but a lot of it talks about the people who have been arrested um, for tra or human trafficking. And I haven't really found solid information about survivors. Um, but what was your question again? Uh, the second part? Well, uh, basically the extent of human trafficking, what exactly happens? I I'm not sure everyone knows uh, what exactly is human trafficking? What are people forced into doing? How young are they? Who does this impact? Well, human trafficking can impact everyone. It can impact men, women, children, um, 
it, it doesn't matter who you are, it, it can still impact you because they look for, uh, traffickers look for vulnerabilities. They look for people who don't have a lot of money, you know, low economic status, people who have problems with their parents or families, people who are have been in domestic um, violence, um, people who have been in domestic violence relationships and you know abuse and things like that so it, it can happen to to anyone and it's sad to say that you know they just prey on the vulnerable right. it disproportionately affects women though most likely it's going to be mostly women and, and human trafficking is not always sex trafficking it can also be labor trafficking um, when you're forced to work and you're not getting paid anything or not a lot of money um, labor traffic victims are coerced. That's a big thing with human trafficking in general, coercion, if you're being coerced to do something. And if, with respect to labor trafficking, if, if it's not um, sex exploitation, they're being abused in a variety of labor settings like farms, factories, domestic mm. work in homes, things like that. So that's why it's really important for me to help survivors because I don't always see the sexual part, but I'm a truck driver, right? I go to different labor, or not labor, but different factories and um, labor settings, farms. I just went to a farm the other day to deliver some stuff. So it can, it can affect a lot across the board and um, it, can, it can be anywhere. It can be sex or labor. You were saying that they recruit kids even in elementary school yeah so um in las vegas that's why i moved from las vegas because my my children were in school my daughter got around some people who weren't good for her and i recognize all the signs and i'm like nope no 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 um they go to women and girls they account for about 71 percent of trafficking victims globally and the majority who are trafficked for sexual exploitation um, 77% of them are women and 72% of them are girls and they'll go to the schools like the, the guys will have their brothers or their sons or whoever in that same school you know you know I got it he has a son and he goes to this elementary school and you know make friends with the girl make friends with the parents make friends with the sister invite them over and they groom you they groom the girl mm -hmm. so by the time she's has her guard down and, and trust in this family, that's when they, they, they snap like a viper. So what did they abduct these girls? I don't know personally exactly what they do, but um, some, yes, yeah, some women, girls have been abducted. There are cases where women are, sorry, excuse me, girls have been abducted. Um, Truckers Against Trafficking just spoke about a nine-year-old that got abducted um, from her family. It, it happens so much that you never know because sometimes these girls, they think that this is their, like, for example, me growing up, my mom used to have me, she, my mom was a prostitute as well. Okay. Um, she did it. She didn't have a, you know, she wasn't being human trafficked. She just did it because she wanted to, or I guess, I don't know. But the guys that she would bring around, the tricks, she want me to call them uncle, uncle such and such. And so if they were traffickers, right? then I've gotten comfortable with them to where I think they're a part of my family. So it's not like they're kidnapping me and just taking me away. I will be willing to get in the car and go with them 
because my mom says it's okay. Right. So that's, you know, with these little girls, you have to be so careful, so careful because they're not just snatching them up, right. Just out, out the blue anymore. They're, they're grooming them and making them feel comfortable and making sure that, you know, they earn their trust and, and then that's when they're able to make the move. Maybe we're going to the store. Let's go get some ice cream and never come back. Right. Take yeah. them over the border somewhere. So, Jojan, what's your story? You said your mom was a prostitute. How did you become trafficked? Well, I um, grew up in that environment. So my mom was a prostitute. My brother was a pimp. He did not pimp my mom, but he was a pimp. And this is my first time telling that story, this story out loud in public. So um, I grew up, you know, around a lot of tricks or what people call Johns. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't new to me. That, that environment wasn't new to me. There was a lot of drugs, sex, and gang gang activity going on. Um, but my brother used to always tell me, you know, to watch out for guys. Um, he basically treated me like I was one of the guys. So I learned a lot from him, but he was a pimp. So I learned a lot of wrong things from him. And earlier, like later on in life, probably about, I think I was about 22 years old. Um, me and my son's father broke up and I needed some money and I knew strippers and I knew prostitutes and things like that, but I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to do the whole prostitution thing so I went to my stripper friend and I'm like I need a job I need to make some money because we broke up the rent is due you know what what can I do I want to dance and she was like um I'll get you in contact with this guy and he ended up being a pimp I didn't so I was so naive to that part I thought pimps only dealt with prostitutes I didn't know that they dealt with strippers and everybody you know I didn't know what I know now mm-hmm. so I met him and I'm like you know my brother's a pimp I know about this stuff this is what I'm telling him, but I'm like, I know about this stuff and, you know, you're not going to pimp me and blah, blah, blah. He was like, oh, no, I would never pimp you. And, you know, if you, 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 I can get you a job at the bank. I can get you a job here, here, there. And I'm like, well, I don't have a diploma. So, you know, I don't think I can get, I haven't graduated high school. I don't think I can get a job at the bank or whatever. And so um, he was like, all right, well, you know, he acted like he was my boyfriend. And he had a friend who was a pimp that I didn't know that he was a pimp. And his girlfriend, well, the friend's hoe, we would call it, um, she had a photo shoot in California. And he was like, you want to go ride with us to California? And I'm like, sure, you know, let's go. And so I have my, my friend babysit my children for the weekend and we go to California and we get there and the photo shoot is for her, but it's also for me too. And he tells me that I got to go in there and put on these clothes and put on this makeup and do this photo shoot. And when I get in, there's a whole bunch of other prostitutes in there too. And I'm, I know what this is. I know what's happening now at this point. And I start bawling, crying. And he, um, he wasn't allowed in there, but the girl, the photographer, she was like, you know, I know this is hard for you. You need to get in, do what you got to do and get out. Don't make these tears be for nothing. And I'll never forget that. She was like, you have to deal with it now. Like you, you need to suck it up and deal with it. And that was the harshest, most realest thing that I've ever heard because I need sympathy, right? I need somebody to sympathize with me, not tell me I need to suck it up, but she was right. right. Suck it up and deal with it. Cause you're, this is, this is real as it gets right now. 
So um, the, my first client actually raped me. Or I call it rape because I didn't want it to happen. And it was rough and hard and it hurt. And I actually got pregnant. Oh, wow. And then during the course of, you know, the first six to eight weeks, probably two months, three months, I got in a car accident. And when I got in a car accident, I was bleeding. Um, so I thought I was losing the baby. And I told the, the ambulance that I, I'm, I have a pimp and he's going to find me. And they were able to get me to safety. So I was able to escape him. But then like probably three years later, two years later, I ended up in the same situation with a whole different guy. I was working at a job and I met a guy who worked there too. And he was a pimp. <laughs> and see, that's what I was talking about, the grooming thing, right? And he was grooming me for to, to to prostitute me. But the difference between him and the other one was the other one didn't know. The first one, he didn't know how to be a pimp. He didn't know how to do what he was doing. He would have had a stronger stronghold on me. This guy, the new guy, he was abusive. And that's where the domestic violence comes in. And there's so many times I thought I would lose my life with this guy. And I, he had a stronghold on me. I couldn't escape him. And the only way I was able to escape him was to lie about, you know, where I'm going or what I'm doing. But he used to follow me. I was in college at this time. So he would follow me to class, follow me to school. We had a women's center on campus. And that women's center is for domestic violence and rape and stuff like that, like survivors and victims. This is a safe right. place. Mm -hmm. He wasn't allowed in there, but I couldn't stay in there forever, right? So they helped me come up with a plan to escape. And we talked about maybe, you know, driving trucks because my ex was the truck driver. And I'm like, you know what, that might be a good idea, but I'm in, I'm in school. So I can't really just do that now. Um, so when I graduated, I thought about the plan that we came up with. And the plan was, um, well, not before I graduated. Before I graduated, we would have, I would say we would have um, field trips. I have to go to that he can't go because he's not in college. He's not a student. And during those field trips, I would go to Workforce Solutions. And I would go there and try to get, you know, assistance on getting my CDL permit. And then when I graduated, I did Lyft and Uber for a while. And my permit expired. So I didn't know it expired. So then I had to go back. But again, here he is wanting to ride with me picking up, um, you know, passengers and stuff. So one night um, I was able to go and, I mean, not night, but day one day, I was able to go and to the Workforce Solutions and did it all in one day. I told them what I needed to do, what I'm trying to do, where I'm trying to go, what, everything. And they told me, well, you have to have an intent to hire letter. And the lady at night transportation, Emily Wismierski, she was the recruiter. She gave me an attempt to hire letter that same day. I took it to Workforce Solutions and I'm supposed to be driving. He's at home waiting for me, I'm supposed to be driving. Took it to Workforce Solutions. Um, they were like, okay, we'll give you the money to get your permit. I had been studying, listening to eBooks, the CDL manual while I was driving passengers. And if even if he's in the car, he can't hear what's on my phone. So he doesn't know I'm studying for this. Mm -hmm. And um, I would, you know, drive and listen to it. And I would take the little practice test. Like there was an app that I used to use and I would take the practice test. And when I figured out that I was pretty much ready to take this test, I think one day he had to go to court or something. And I went to the DMV. I dropped him off the DMV. I went to court. I took the test. I, I passed. I told Emily I passed. She's like, okay, we can um, get you to Phoenix. And one day I just left. 
I, I just left and I went to Phoenix and that was my saving grace. I went to Phoenix for training for CDL school. That's, awesome. that's how I was able to escape yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. God. Wow. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. We're talking to Jojan Harris, a human trafficking survivor who escaped her trafficker by getting a job as a commercial driver. She's now on a mission to help other survivors. Jojan, your story is just incredible. It took some serious courage to get away from your captor. You went through a lot. You had to have been really afraid. But see, you know? I've been, I was afraid for so long that he would find me. And I was like, if I just keep moving, he can't find me. Sure. You know? Yeah. So, you know, um, I, I spent, had a whole lifetime of domestic violence, grew up in an extremely violent home. My safe house was the dog house because no one would think to look for me in there. Wow. That's and, a good idea. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and actually I was looking for love and the dog gave me the love I needed. I, I started having conversations with God in the dog house. You know, that, that was my first um, spiritual moments i guess but further furthering on in life uh the partners that i chose because i come from sexual abuse and just you know lots of rapes and violence the men that i chose were extremely violent and the the one he was an enforcer for the hell's angels and um which i don't talk about in my book or anywhere really i think this is the first time i really say it online on on, on air but um he I understand what you're saying because I was under constant threat of human trafficking and um, a girl I know, she owed money to one of his friends and they put her in a hotel room um, for a month until her death, I guess you could say, whatever mm. they thought he owed was paid off. But they put her boyfriend in the next room to listen to her being beaten and raped, you know, all the wow. time. Mm. Yeah, it was awful. And this is a girl I knew. Like, it never happened to me the, that part. But, I mean, I've been raped, gang raped, you know, beaten and strangled three times. And just to, to I, in 2007, I, I call it the great escape <laughs> because mm -hmm. I was able, because it's like you, you're planning it, right? Like, how do I get out of here? I had a bodyguard, uh, another enforcer that had come up from Vancouver, Canada. I was in Timbuktu, uh, Yukon, which is by Alaska. And um, I'm nursing and I'm, I'm going to work every day trying to figure out how the, the, the bodyguard would follow me to work and make sure I was there. He'd show up on my breaks and, you know, mm. you know, being under constant threat of being buried. And, you know, I lived with a shovel on my porch. And, well, I, you know, when I the few times that I did escape, he would find me. He was a mm. he was a sniper in, in the military. And, and he had these, wow. these training, these excessive training. Oh, courses. man. From Denmark, I have nightmares about that. Oh my god! Off, and but he, I have nightmares about that. I do. It's horrible because when I would escape, 
um, he would, it, it would be like, in my mind, how the hell did he find me? Like the one time I went to a friend's house and um, he, nobody, nobody possibly could know this, this, this person. Right. And he shows up three days later while I'm trying to, you know, plan my, my, my next course of action. Cause your head is so overwhelmed, right. And you're in fear. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. And trying to put one foot in front of the other is hard enough. Anyway, he shows up at the door uh, three days later and one, I, I almost recognized the knock. Right. And I'm up, I ran upstairs and my friend answers and that he took a Polaroid picture of my friend Gord mm. and started to laugh. And he says, if you don't give her to me, this is the last smiling face you'll ever see. Right. And he, he's kind of waving the Polaroid shot. And he listed off that my friends, families, his wife, his kids, the schools they attended, their jobs. And he says, I'm going to hunt down your family. And he says, I'm going to hurt each and every one if you don't give her to me. Well, mm, like this wow. guy is like, oh. and, I, and I just came down the stairs. I said, you know what, Gord, thank you for trying to help me. And I'll, I'll just go. Right. And it was so hard. Like, how do you get away from that? Um, and I, but like you, you have that constant plan. Okay. Well, I got to try and do this. I'm going to try and do this. What, what's going to work next. Right. <laughs> because right. I mean, my daughter was 10 at the time. And I mean, she's all I got. And if I disappear, well, then what? Right. So I'm, I'm always planning. I'm always, I'm a fighter and I'm like, okay, no, I got to do this. And, um, it's not easy for anybody that's been in that, uh, any, this type of situation. I know a lot of people judge and they say, well, you can just leave. Uh, no, no, it's not like that. <laughs> you know, right. um, when the, the first time I tried to leave, he was actually in the process of beating me and we were, we were in a car driving down the strip. And I jumped out the car and ran into a casino, which happened to be a casino that I got kicked out of. And, you know, they gave they arrested me because I was 86 from this casino. I have a record still to this day that I can't even mm -hmm. get jobs that I want. Like I'm mm -hmm. trying to work in the criminal justice system. I have a misdemeanor B for um, trespassing because of this. This guy was I was fleeing him. I was fleeing mm -hmm. away from him from being beat. And and as far as leaving, I left my children. You know how hard it was to just leave oh, yeah. my kids. Wow! Like yep. you, yeah, I people did. ask you, why don't you just leave? Well, you <laughs> when yeah. you when you move, what do you do when you move? Right? You have to plan. You got to find out where you're yeah. gonna go, how you're gonna pay yeah. for it, what you what what's gonna happen with the kids, getting them schools and stuff changed. You can't do that in a situation like this. You just have to go when the opportunity you control your up. money. He had my yeah. bank card. I mean, he would take my. Oh my God! Yeah. Jeez. You know, it's and I don't, think, car. I don't think I a lot of people anywhere. realize the kind of control. It's horrible. It's it's horrible. They, and it's not always a physical control either. It's mental. Oh, yeah. You know, they oh, they yeah. make you feel like nobody wants you or nobody loves you. You're the only they're the only person that's going to take care of you. And they're the only person that can take care of you. Nobody else yeah. is capable. The brain but Especially watch, right? if they make you if they make you make a lot of money out there and you see this money coming in. Now you're what he did with me is I'm high maintenance. So who else is going to be able to maintain your lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I, I, I feel like I was stronger than that, but at, thinking in hindsight, I was brainwashed. I didn't even know yeah. I was a victim until my school, until UNLV told me I was a victim. Like mm -hmm. people I would talk to police officers and, and anybody that professionals that would help me after the fact, they're like, you're a victim of human trafficking. I'm like, no, mm -hmm. I'm not. Yes, you are. Because I lived it. It was my it was my reality. People always ask, 
how did you deal with it? How did you, how, like, how did you cope? And I'm like, that was my reality. That was my normal. Be, this, this right here, normal stuff, like truck driver, you know, going and going home and seeing my children and eating at the dinner table and watching movies. That wasn't normal for me. What was normal for me was getting beat and being around sex trafficking and being around domestic. My mom was my brother. My, I saw my brother. I don't think I should say that, but I saw stuff with him. I saw my mm -hmm. mom get beat by men. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This was my normal. So this was your reality. You didn't know. And you thought that you were wise, but you were able to be duped into doing all of this. I mean, it yeah. shows how insidious all of this truly is. Oh. And how do people help what exactly are you doing and how can people help survivors of human trafficking or help them get out of these situations? Because it's so dire. Well, what what I'm doing is um, I'm trying to get women who have been in human trafficking, who are victims or survivors of human trafficking um, assistance by getting them in the trucking industry. Because I didn't have to pay for my permit. I didn't have to pay for my CDL. And I got on the truck. I didn't have to worry about rent or bills because I have my home on the truck. You know, I have a sleeper mm -hmm. and I have a, a sleeper is basically the back part of the truck where you have the bed. It's a bunk bed. You have two beds. You, you can get a refrigerator or a microwave, a TV. <laughs> you have an inverter that powers everything. Mm -hmm. And you basically have a little small apartment on wheels. So my goal is to, you know, um, I understand that it's hard to, to leave. I understand it's hard to escape. But if you can get to a safe place, you can get in contact with me. We can get you in contact with the recruiter. We can get you set up for your CDL permit and then get you into the truck. And then you start driving and you're always on the move. And you don't have to worry about money or dependency because you have your own money. You If you get government benefits, you can get a, a government phone. You know They call it the Obama phone three minutes and every month they re reload free money. So you have a phone, you have a home, you have money and you have safety and you're away from these drivers and you're, I'm sorry, you're away from this, your abuser. And mm -hmm. that's the goal that I'm, I'm trying to, to help with. I'm trying to help get women to safety and, and, and create, you know, um, I want to help them reintegrate into society and create generational wealth and financial freedom. Like me, I was able to, um, the company I'm currently at, I'm able, I was able to, in nine months, they had a recruiting program that you can recruit drivers and you mentor them and stuff like that. But that's what helped with the money that I made. But in nine months with all, everything said, I was able to make over a hundred thousand dollars and I was able to build my credit, invest in stocks and bonds and things like that. I was able to um, open a savings account, buy a home. And I, I have it listed to where, you know, my abuser can't find me. I'm in, in somewhere by a lake and it's beautiful. And I was able to do this all from trucking. Now, I wouldn't say that you'll be a recruiter like me, but um, truck drivers, I, I currently make 60 cent per mile. It's not a lot. But when I first started, I was only making 43 cent per mile. And, you know, just think about like that was more money from a regular job than I've ever mm -hmm. had at a regular job most regular jobs you get paid about 800 every two weeks mm -hmm. this i was yeah. getting paid like 800 every week that's a lot it's not a lot compared to what you're used to making in the streets but for a legit legal job 
Yeah. To self to be self-sustaining and you don't have a lot of bills to pay, that's pretty good money. And to have security <laughs> and feel safe. Yes. Yeah. And have a future. Because you, when you're held captive in those situations, you have no future. It's so uh, what it does to people. And it, it breaks the, their whole soul in so many ways, doesn't it? It does. Um, I, when, I, when I got out of it, when I first got on the truck, I had to sit here and think about everything. And I wanted to drive this truck off a cliff. Mm-hmm. I was like, I got away from him, but I don't have anything. I have nothing. I have no one. I don't have family, right? My family was in, in the industry. Who do mm-hmm. I have? And you just feel helpless and hopeless and lost. And I wanted to drive this truck off of a cliff. I don't know what saved me. I think being on the truck itself saved me. Mm -hmm. Being able to sit here and know that I'm safe and drive and see things I've never seen before and and sit and think and process, cry. Mm -hmm. Whatever I needed to do, I was safe to do it here on this truck. Nobody would bother me. That's awesome. Yeah, It's, it's It's saving grace. You know what I mean? Um, healing takes so much time and a lot of it is um, like I had to I took two years off of life um, and I went to a women's treatment center where it was faith-based it was a Christian place where you live with 25 other uh, women you know women that have been trafficked and just whatever addiction like I I had lost my nursing career due to alcoholism and ended up there and um even though I had all the, the therapy and, you know, the daily talking about boundaries, learn, I had to ask what's boundaries. What does that even mean? I was, mm-hmm. 40. I, I was 40 and didn't yep. know that I could say no, you know? Yeah. And right. so it was really hard for me to, to flip that switch in my thinking because I was so brainwashed since childhood to, to flip that around and stand on my own two feet, even though I'm a nurse, I mean, I'm educated and, you know, I, I have a great job and all that. I, I had a great future, but internally I was such a mess, like, Oh my God. So learning to stand on my own two feet. And when I started, um, like I, I like you, like I, I didn't go back to nursing. I, I needed a career. Well, how do I do that? And so I ended up going to a career planning workshop to find out what I wanted to be when I grew up at 43. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. it, turns out that it turned out to be heavy equipment operating, which I thought was the most ridiculous career at 43. I'm like, come on, right? <laughs> at 43, I'm a woman. I don't even like equipment. I'm not mechanically inclined. And honestly, I thought it was a man's job. Mm-hmm. And the woman looks at, puts a hand on her hip, puts her glasses at the tip of her nose, looks over at it you know, at me and says, <laughs> if only you believe in yourself a little bit, Missy. <laughs> right. Is right. And it, 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 the, um, she put on, put on this video. It's possible from YouTube, from Les Brown, that motivational speaker. And I started th- listening to his words, you know, that, well, I'm a driver. I, I'm a good driver. And I was thinking I could drive your truck, you know, the, the, the 18 wheelers. I'm like, oh, I can mm-hmm. drive that. I can go from Canada to the States. Cause like you, my ex was a truck driver. So I would travel with him and yeah, yes, I would get beaten that truck too. But anyway, so I'm thinking, well, okay, he did that. And he taught me a few things I could drive. I could do that. But when I went to, uh, she sent me to this this nonprofit in Canada. It's called Women Building Futures. It gets women into the trades. I realized uh, I got picked by Exxon Mobile to take a 12-week heavy equipment course. And every piece of equipment that I got on, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I was in an excavator loading a truck. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can do this. Like, mm-hmm. 
and that night, that realization, that light bulb um, was recognizing like that night I was, I was walking home when my, my, my iTunes, the song came on redeemed. It's a, it's a Christian song and it's talking about breaking free the chains that we imprison ourselves with, you know, from yeah. our pasts and mm -hmm. letting that ghost leave it behind. And, you know, you're redeemed. And it, it was the most empowering thing to recognize how brainwashed I had been and that I can do this and I don't need them. And, you know, that look at me go, I'm getting on all these pieces of equipment and I'm, and I'm doing really mm -hmm. good, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and the hardest part was, was just learning to, to self-talk, tell myself that I'm, I'm qualified. I'm smart. I got this, you know, I'm strong enough. I don't need them. And you know, even getting on the biggest truck in the world, when I, when I got here, the first, the first month I was here, I mean, the truck that I drive, I don't know if you've seen it. it. It's, it's the size of a house. The tires are 14 feet high. The, the boxes it, it, to get up to the cab, it's two and a half stories, right? <laughs> like it's 3,800 square feet. Like I drive a house. And I remember one time that I had, I was driving and I had all these, I don't know if you get this, uh, the post-traumatic flashes, um, oh, yeah. visions that would just randomly just as, as I'm driving, just hit me. And I can't yeah. see the road and, I, and I, I'm hyperventilating it. Like I can't breathe. And I'm seeing the most humiliating, the most God awful moments of my life in, instead of the road. <laughs> yeah. And this one time when this happened, I started, I'm like, I'm crying. I'm, I can't breathe. So I just slowed down. I'm going through this intersection at the intersection on top of it. Right. And um, I, what I did is I reclaimed my life in that moment. I rolled down the window and I took all that negativity all that pain all the past and i threw it out the window and i said out loud i screamed out loud my past does not define who i am right mm -hmm. and mm. in, in that in, right? right i was just about yep. to say amen to that too yep. <laughs> you read yep. my at, mind at the same time like i i had this throbbing pain in my heart area all that negativity it's like a hole that i got rid of well, you got to replace the negative with something po positive, something empowering, yeah. right? So what I did, which was just instinctively, as I'm going through this intersection, there's all these people and these trucks are so big, right? The people are, are looking at the truck, not at me. But um, I, I took, I did the queen wave. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going through and I acknowledge my own self and I'm waving. I'm like, yeah, this is Kathy. Yeah. yeah, it's me, man. Mm -hmm. I'm blowing kisses. And I'm, it's like I was at a parade. But what that did and is I reclaim my power. And I'm like, mm -hmm. all those, all those jackasses that were hurt me and stepped on me and beat me and did all this stuff. Who's driving this truck? Right. <laughs> right? That's I right. am. Yeah. Not them. Right. I am. So yeah. the whole point of what I'm trying to say is that you have to self-talk. You have to help yes. yourself in those moments of, of, of self-doubt, insecurity, and, you know, the, those haunting images that, that, that will always come back and tell you you're not good enough. Oh, yeah, you are, right? You have right. to flip that switch. You have to believe in yourself. You have to set your goals. You have to keep fighting through those moments of when you're shaking in your boots. Keep moving. Mm -hmm. That's right. right. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. 
Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, is building a positive image of trucking by telling the story of the hardworking drivers and industry professionals who support the industry. And you can be a part of it. Learn more about TMAF and how you can join and be a part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting TMAF's website at truckingmovesamerica.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our latest channel, TikTok. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. We're talking to Jojan Harris, who broke free of her captor after being trafficked for years on the streets of Las Vegas by getting a job as a commercial driver. We've been discussing what it takes to gain that type of inner courage that it takes and to believe in ourselves. It really does take a lot, but it can be done. And sometimes it takes a little bit of an outside influence that's positive because we can't do it alone. I don't know who you, who, who anyone prays to, but I, I just know I believe in God, right? Oh, me too. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, if I didn't have God, I remember. I remember yeah. after Hurricane Katrina, there was a meme on, on social media that says something like, God, when he's trying to get your attention, he'll throw a pebble at your head. And if, if you don't pay attention, then he'll throw a rock at your head. And if you don't pay attention, he's going to throw a boulder at you and it's going to knock you down to your knees. It's going to make you pay attention. And you have reason, you have no choice but to submit to him, which goes along the lines of what my pastor used to say. You can't do it by yourself. You can't do anything in this no. life by yourself. You have to have God as a part of that. And for the longest time, I had lost that vision, right? So my power, I, I got knocked down to my knees and my power was, was gone. And, and I was like, okay, God, you have it. You have my undivided attention. What do you need from me? What can I do? What, what I can't go through this no more because that, that, that being that victim, I don't even like saying victim. I like saying survivor because I'm alive. I survived it. But being that victim before I, got this reawakening was like I can't my relationships everything that I did after getting out still affected me and I didn't realize that it did I would get into these terrible relationships and mm. I was a terrible mom and I was a terrible influence and I'm just like I was cancer and I'm like what you have my attention now what do I need to do and that's what brought me to to this like driving trucks and mm-hmm. and helping women like I I actually like the this truck is like my my knight in shining armor and it's my armor mm-hmm. i think about all the time what my exit strategy is if something bad was to happen right and but i feel so safe in this truck but then there's so many things out here that's not for women the in trucking right you, you know we have bluetooth headsets and these headsets they're just black and the regular and i'm thinking like what can i do to make myself feel comfortable and happy what makes me happy art always made me happy Mm-hmm. Art always, you know, helped me. It was mm-hmm. like a therapy for me. So I started, I bedazzled a headset and what? I'm thinking, well, this is pretty. This would be cute for, you know, girls and women. And and then yeah. I'm like, well, th- this can be good for the women coming into the industry, the trucking industry, and they can feel empowered in their knight in shining armor with their crystal blingy headset driving down the road looking sure. cute. Yeah. Right. And And it gave me that, you know, power, but being a victim, like, I, I I totally just couldn't. You and I got to talk like after this. I just did that. Uh, I'm starting designer minor because uh, there's no very few women in, in the um, 
in the industry here. And I just blinged out my hard hat, my safety glasses. <laughs> I don't know if you can see the video. I just turned it on. But oh, this yeah. is the headset that I have on. I just I blinged yeah. this out myself. Oh, it's very oh, cool. Oh, my God. Let's see. Very, uh, okay. There we go. Very, very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we're yeah. still going to talk after this on a private way. Okay. <laughs> okay. And and you want the those the proceeds or how were you going to, you wanted uh, women to be able to have that. You were hoping to what, do a, a partnership of some sort and this can help some of the survivors of human trafficking. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah, so um, I don't know how it's going to happen, but what I, what I'm planning on doing is blinging the headsets out and selling them. So if I could get like a partnership with Blue Parrot or Blue Tiger or even Rand McNally, they have headsets and I can get these headsets for free. I could bring them out and then sell them to people like other women truck drivers. And those proceeds will go to help me save survivors and bring them mm -hmm. into the trucking industry. Maybe if, if it's something like they need a license, they need the driver's license. They, you know, a lot of these women don't have a birth certificate, driver's license. They lost it. He, he took it. So, nice. you know, that costs money. So those proceeds will go to helping them with that. Or, you know, when I first started, I needed a hard hat. I needed closed toes shoes, steel toe shoes and a vest, a safety vest. So there's things that you need to get started in the trucking industry that the proceeds of the sales of these headsets can go to help these women. So they don't have to worry about anything. Like your first load or two, you're going to have to drive some miles and get fuel so you can have shower credits at the truck stop. Well, if you don't have any shower credits, how are you going to pay for it? Then you just you you know the money the help it'll be like a fund yeah. to help these survivors. I love this. Mm -hmm. So you have about what eight thousand subscribers on YouTube, over four thousand on Facebook, six thousand on TikTok. There are ways people can watch you and and get your message. But where can people reach out? I know that there are going to be people who are saying, "How can we help?" Because what you're doing, Jojan, is so important. You're freeing people. You're giving yes. them a future. Yes, I. Um, well, dollfacetrucker at gmail.com would be the easiest email to reach me at. Um, my phone number, if I can give it out on here, um, sure. I take phone calls, is 936-900-4732. I'm in the process of designing a website, jojan.org. That's J-O-J-O-N.org. And I'm looking for help from everywhere, right? It, it goes down to judges when they have the diversion programs for these women instead of putting them in jail diverting them to an employment some type mm -hmm. of employment which hopefully they'll reach, reach out to me other mentors mm -hmm. i need mentors as well right um truck driving schools trucking companies um blue parrot blue tiger headset companies any and everybody who's in the trucking industry logistics industry that can just help uh partner with me so we can help save these women because I can't do it by myself. And this right now is just the concept, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I know that I want to have a, a nonprofit. And I know I'm going to need a board of directors. And, you know, I, I really believe that if we all just get together, this can help us fight human trafficking. And, really and you can. know, like I said, it's not always sex trafficking, it's labor trafficking. And, you know, even like on the farms, be conscious of where you buy your food from. Because, you know, there's some women out in these fields or men out in these fields that are picking fruit and vegetables and they're being forced to do that. You know, mm -hmm. so I just anybody and any, everybody who's willing to listen and partner, even the news station, you can help by giving me an interview so I can let you guys know what I'm trying to do and what how you guys can help. Right. So 
just any and everybody right now because I can't do it by myself. It takes a village to do this. It takes a village. Yes. And what you're doing is going to help so many people. And women can go into the trucking industry. They don't necessarily have to be drivers. They can go into something else. There are mm -hmm. a lot like of opportunities the trades, there. Right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and this could expand. I could see this um, in many, many different industries, helping mm -hmm. people out of slavery, because that's what it is. Yes. You know, and th this is so unacceptable that this goes on in the 21st century and people are turning a blind eye. Yes. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Kathy DeCaro is nothing short of amazing. She not only drives the world's biggest truck as a heavy equipment operator in northern Alberta, Canada. She's an international motivational speaker and the author of Dream Big, an autobiography about overcoming a lifetime of trauma and abuse that led to dreams of success. Kathy inspires people the world over to change their lives and improve their self-worth. Her book will change your life. She's passionate about personal growth and believes anyone can change their circumstances and overcome their obstacles if they believe in themselves. Her life will amaze you and seriously inspire you. Be sure to order a copy of her book, Dream Big, on Amazon.com. Industry Movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry, our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. Kathy and I are talking to Shoshan Harris. She's a commercial driver who's on a mission to help survivors of domestic violence and human trafficking get jobs in trucking. She's dedicated to end this terrible scourge. You know, there's so many people who can resonate with what you're doing, Jojan. Uh, have you ever heard of Operation Underground? Railway? No. It's uh, with, uh, he's a SEAL, a Navy SEAL guy. And, um, sorry, I'm having drawn a blank there. Tim, oh God, what's his name? Anyway, he does, it's all about, uh, he rescues, he was a SEAL um in, in the force in the CIA and he went down to South America and he's all oh, I about, think I, I think yeah. he has a Netflix I think he has he a does. Netflix that Hulu movie. Documentary. Yeah, yeah that's coming out and oh my god I follow him and I'm a I, I'm a volunteer for all, all his stuff and um, it's just it's it's yeah we're gonna talk you want to know what yeah and when what I also want to happen is once a survivor gets into the trucking industry and they learn about the industry and, and yeah. they're safe and they're good and they're happy, then they have to pay it forward and they have mm -hmm. to help other survivors. Yeah. yeah. So I, I created um, a slow, uh, a, the name for it is going to be called the Survivors Empowerment and Education Network, SEEN, or even just SEE. See yeah. a brighter future would be the slogan. And yeah. basically you just have to pay it forward. Like this would be our little imprint. We can't save everybody. No, but no. maybe... Maybe we can get like 
pilot car drivers, right? If you're a pilot, if you do pilot car, you're, you're following behind the big old trucks that says oversized load. You can use your own vehicle. You don't have to have a CDL for that. Yeah, and, right. and then you can teach your kids how to do it. So then you have that generational wealth. And, and then what if, you know, there's some women that don't want to get on the road and drive. Well, we can get you in another program to help you, you know, get, um, get money and Get, be safe or whatever but then we can create like a, a daycare organization for these women mm -hmm. just for victims of survivor i mean survivors of human trafficking domestic violence yeah. where these children because you don't want to put har harm the children um children of victims with healthy children until they've learned how to process and cope through what yeah. they've seen being a, a, a child of a survivor so yeah. I, yeah, I have so many plans for this, man. You I just understand. love what you're doing. And, and this is where uh, people joining forces with you, you can make this all happen. And I think I, I see tremendous potential. You're going to help so many people. Oh, yeah. Where do people contact you again, Shoshan, in case they didn't have a pencil handy or weren't totally listening? If you just search Dollface Trucker on all platforms, social media, so Instagram, Facebook, um, Snapchat, uh, TikTok, Dollface Trucker. My email is dollfacetrucker at gmail.com. Um, my website is jojon, J O J O N dot org. And my phone number is 936 900 4732. Now, if you are any, on any one of those platforms, you should see a QR code. That QR code is the key, the gate to open up all of the communication to me because it has everything that I'm affiliated with on there. You just scan it. You put in your name, your number, your email. Then I have your contact information and you will have all of my contact information, including all the social media, media kits, pictures, everything. Anything that you need from me, you have it right there on that yes. QR code. This is terrific. It Please is. Keep Keep us up to date on what you're doing, Jojan. Definitely. I, I oh, awesome. This is so awesome. important, Jojan, what you're doing, because I really see the human trafficking has gotten worse. And yeah, it is. It's, it's horrible. I have some, I had some stats for you. Okay. So it says by the numbers, human trafficking in 2021, mm -hmm. there was 10,583 human trafficking cases reported, 13,594 calls from victims and survivors. The three states with the highest cases reported are California, Texas, and Florida, which okay. makes sense because yeah. you're, they're border states. Yep. And if you know any, anyone who is a victim or a survivor or needs help, or anything with human trafficking, the hotline, the way, um, the top way the hotline was found, I'm sorry, the National Human Trafficking Hotline is 1-888-373-7888. In Rhode Island, prostitution is legal. And in Nevada, unincorporated portions of Nevada, prostitution is legal. I didn't, um, know, I didn't know Rhode Island had prostitution legal. That's interesting. Huh. Uh -huh. It says, so I'm going to read you this graphic. It's number of incidents. And we are going to talk about illicit activities all the way to escort services. So illicit activities is 122. And that, that's on the low end. The high end is escort services, 1,116 number of incidents. And then you, in between that, pornography, the illicit massage, health and beauty, residential-based commercial sex, personal sexual servitude, outdoor solicitation, domestic works, um, emerging types, I don't know what that is, bars, strip clubs, and cantinas. So if you just listen to that, those are all of your industries where 
sex trafficking will occur, can occur. Yeah. Yep. And they're usually between the ages of 15 and 17 years old of detected yeah. victims. Yeah. Just babies. So be careful and, you know, watch your kids, look for the signs of, you know, what monitor, monitor the, your, so, the social media of your, of your kids. I call them babies. They're all babies to me. <laughs> so yeah. monitor, the social, yeah. monitor the, your, their um, social media and who they're talking to, who they're friends with monitor what they're watching on tv because you you might not know it but like think about it if they're watching something that it has nothing to do with sex trafficking but it might be something like family guy i hate family guy but they have things on there that gives these ideas to these kids and then they have this ideology of what they think should happen or would happen or want to happen and then they meet people that meet that ideology and that can it's kind of like a gateway leading them into the industry. Sure. So. Social media has been a huge gateway. Very scary, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, they, they prey on, oh, God, they prey on girls on there, too, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It, it's scary to be a parent today. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, with people like you, Jojan, the statistics will change. Thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for your courage in doing all of this. Yeah, Thank I you so much for, for being on our show. Oh, you've been. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jojan. Amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelly Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at info at tncradio.live. Thank you for listening to another great interview on tncradio.live. And don't forget, be sure to subscribe to our podcast of Women Road Warriors. It's free. All of the material you hear on tncradio.live on our website, our broadcasts, or our podcasts are copyrighted. There can be no distribution without the express consent of tncradio.live and its partners. For inquiries, write us at info at tncradio.live.